Guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. Hello, everybody. My name is Paul Elvis, Paul the Book Guy. And uh, this week, we are joined by Chris Jager. Hey. Greg Ott. Hi. How you doing? And all the way from Georgia, Charles McFall, the big C from the Bear Crawling Nation. Howdy do. Howdy do. Oh, I want to do mine over again. <laughs> no redos I didn't here. know I got a howdy do. Oh, <laughs> uh, we do definitely have a howdy do. So how's everybody this week? You guys good? Excellent. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, we've been enjoying better than uh, code, electrical code tests. So. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. no, no, we've, we've been enjoying some uh, magnificent late fall weather uh, up yeah, here in Toronto. Yeah, we've so got, uh, I'm going to say this politically incorrect, it's the Indian summer in Toronto. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I got my, some of my hot peppers are still outside. I mean, I don't have to bring them in. They're yeah. growing. It's getting, you're going to get nice and cold for my fall ball league that starts next week. And so. how is it in Georgia, Charles? It's been raining for the past couple of days, and, and now it's way too warm for October. Well, at least you don't have to be in an igloo like we do in Canada, right? Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to put uh, a roof of bacon over me or something. Now, I, I, last week, uh, I forgot. There was a voicemail that came in from Kelly Navarro. Charles, you may know who she is. She's the co-host of the Roadshow. That is correct. Um, I'm going to play that for us. because I'm so sorry, Kelly. We forgot to play last week. And uh, she has a question for all of us. Hey, Paul. It's Kelly from the Roadshow. And I have a question for you and the other book guys. Why do men have to read when they're on the toilet? <laughs> so, oh, so <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this comes, is one my wife has been asking me for the last decade. <laughs> and it all comes down to, we, uh, Charles, we always play this jingle. Bathroom Bible. So, so a lot of people do ask, well, why do you have to read on the John? Can anyone answer this question? I don't have anything better to look at. <laughs> I've got, uh, I find that there's two types of people. There are people who... Um, Get in and out as quickly as possible. You know, if, if, their, if their butt wouldn't touch the seat, they'd be happy. And then there's the people who enjoy a little bit of downtime, you know, a few minutes yes. away from the family reunion, <laughs> a few minutes away from the busy office. Okay, in all yeah. honesty, I have two kids, so when I get in there, that's my time. See, I it's your there, time. I, I relax, I read my book, and yeah, it does bother people, but that's my thing. And the door is locked, Yep. you know? Now we know, Even if it's five uh, minutes. We know a lot of, uh, generally men are the guys who go in and get out, especially in uh, shopping you know, scenario. We're the hunters and women are the gatherers. They, they tend to stay longer. So this is kind of the opposite thing here where men tend to spend, you know, five to 10, 15 minutes in the bathroom. Women are one minute. They're in and out unless they are in the bathtub. We mentioned this last week or the right. show before. We almost reading need a, a book in the bathtub, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Charles uh, mentioned that we should have a, uh, what was it, Charles? A, oh, uh, uh, start with a tea. tub. A tome for the tub. So, <laughs> help us, Jeff Smith. We need a tome for the tub jingle, and that's so perfect because. Uh, Has anybody around the table read a book in the bathtub? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. I watched way too much TV as a teenager, and I thought I'll try that. Of course, it runs all stupid chicks that did it. You drop your book <laughs> water, and it gets ruined. First but, of all, there's that risk. I, uh, listen, next. I, I read, I read, <laughs> Sweet Tea and Secrets, in the tub. On my iPad. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> so if that drops in, that's like 600 bucks. Well, you have a, a giant Ziploc bag, I hope. I just can't uh, imagine having to tell my dad that I read in the tub. I, I, don't, I don't take baths. I can't remember the last bath I took. Uh, it's, well, it's not like roller skating? It's like rollerblading, yeah. yeah rollerblading, <laughs> sorry. 
What's the I worst? Got this. Charles I got this from uh, uh, the TV show The League. Here you go, Paul, or anybody. You take a shower, put a big gallon Ziploc bag on your iPad, and then you can put it on the little soap rack in front of the shower, and you can read while you're taking your shower. Oh, Absolutely. See? Sweet. That's more my Great speed right idea. there. But as long as you don't drop it in the tub, you'll be all right. So that's the that's conclusion is that it's so just I'd, relaxing. Someone told me one time that it's not healthy to push. So I, I'm serious. What do you want me to tell? Someone told me one time I wasn't healthy to push. So I just let things happen. Uh, All right. Wow. Thanks, thanks, thanks for your email. Okay. So we are going to go ahead. I have a quick recommendation for everybody at home. Uh, book that I really enjoyed. And the bonus here, Charles, Greg, and Chris, is it's free. Science fiction. So this is one I checked out a long time ago, and uh, it's a horror. Uh, it's a science fiction as well. Uh, if, if Stephen King is the king of horror, then Scott Sigler is the prince of darkness. And uh, he's, he's done very well. He started off by releasing his books as self-read audiobooks on iTunes in the podcast area. And you know where else? No, where, where else? This is a site that you guys would love, podiobooks.com. Oh. I love patiobooks.com. Great source, folks. Patiobooks.com. Charles, you're obviously in agreement. You go mm -hmm. there. You have so many free audiobooks that you can download to your devices, whether they, whatever, no matter what they are. And yep. uh, it's fantastic. Forget about uh, reading in the bathroom for a minute. Uh, Charles, are you a, a book listener? Do you listen to audiobooks? I do. All the time or by habit? Only when I'm forced to because of Paul the book guy. See, I, I'm in the, I, I can't do this. I have tried. Paul has tried to make an audiobook listener out of me. I know this, this whole business got underway as, as an audiobook site, an audiobook show. Gotcha. But uh, I am just, you know, the guy who has to listen to the voices in my head. I just cannot. I, gotta, I, I tried so hard. So, Charles, only when Paul forces you to, huh? Actually, I just, <laughs> it's when I can find something I'm interested in. I'm always listening to something. I have very mundane work that. I'm with you on that. I can listen to just about anything. Yeah, I have to hear something else. So it's either TV shows or podcasts, or if I find a good book, uh, that's that. But I, that's why I've started listening to Paul the Book Guy, so I can find more authors, so I can go and, and get more books from the library. Well, that's, we, we try to bring you at least one or two things that you might want to listen to every week, because I know that uh, constant uh, listeners and constant readers... I'm in the constant reader camp. ...always looking for something <laughs> new. That I know. And we hope that, you know, if they listen to us for an hour on their commute or whatever, they might find one thing... Or, or a little spark of interest in something that uh, they might not have otherwise listened pull, to. If you pull a book a month off of us, then we've done our job. We've We're done happy. our job. Brilliant. So uh, Scott Sigler, uh, one of the f this actually no, this is the first book I heard from him. Uh, it's called Infected, and it's kind of a cliche thing, you know. Uh, infection infects the world. We all love that zombie shit, right? We all love ah, oh, man. I'm gonna take that back. We all love that zombie stuff. I don't want to make it explicit. You right said off that the last back. week. You said I'm going to take that uh, back. And you didn't edit it out. I know, so but then, but then like, there was like two more occurrences of explicit. And who cares? Look, we all love the zombie shit. And uh, <laughs> infected is a little. It takes it a little bit further. We're, we're talking about a guy who gets infected, and the only way you can tell he's infected is if you look deep into his eyes and you see that his pupils are kind of triangular shaped. <laughs> okay, that's funky, right? Otherwise, he's just. It slowly turns a person into a, a psychotic killer.
for all the carnage, bloodshed, and death it would soon cause. The process started quite simply. When the end draws near, will our technology give us enough warning? Will we see the threat coming? And if we can stop one threat, can we stop them all? We have been taught for so long that the threat will be big. The immovable object. Something we can see coming with telescopes from a long ways off. But maybe we shouldn't be looking with telescopes at all. Maybe we will only see the threat with the microscope. And will the real threat come from the outside? Or will it come from within? Infected is the hardcover debut by author Scott Sigler. Available online and in bookstores everywhere. The full, unabridged audiobook of Infected is available as a free podcast at infectednovel.com and at scottsigler.com. Random House Audio presents Infected. A novel written and performed by Scott Sigler. More information on the author is available at www.scottsigler.com. This novel contains mature situations, language, and lots and lots of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Prologue. This is the place. Alita Garcia stumbled through the dense winter woods, blood marking her long path, a bright red comet trail against the blazing white snow. Her hand shook violently. She could barely make a fist out of her talon-like fingers, nearly numb, wet from the big clumps of snow that fell thick and fast all around her, melting almost as soon as they hit her skin. When the time came, could she even pull the trigger on Luis's old revolver? A searing pain in her stomach brought her thoughts back to the mission. The divine mission. Something was wrong. Well, fuck, it was all wrong, and had been, from the first moment she'd started scratching at her belly and her elbow. But something was even more wrong. Something inside. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Somehow, she knew that. She looked behind her, along the bloody path through the snow, eyes searching for pursuit. She saw nothing. She'd spent years in fear of the INS, but it was different now. They didn't want to deport her. Now they wanted her dead. Her hands and legs oozed blood drawn by scratching branches. Her left foot bled thanks to the shoe she'd lost some time ago. The snow's thin, jagged crust made every step a cutting crunch. She didn't know why her nose bled. It just did. But all those things were trivial compared to the blood she vomited every few minutes. She had to go on. Had to go on. Find the place. The place where it would all begin. Alita saw two massive oak trees reaching out to each other like centuries-old lovers, a freeze-frame of perpetually denied longing. 
She thought of her husband, Luis, again, and thought of the baby. Then she pushed those thoughts away. She could think about that, no more than she could think of the nasty thing on her belly. She'd done what she had to do. Three bullets for Luis, one for the baby, one for the man with the car. That left one bullet. She stumbled, then tripped. She reached out to try and stop her fall, but her bloody hands punched through the knee-deep snow. Her frigid hand hit an unseen rock, bringing more flaring, cold, numb pain, and she dropped headfirst through the white crust. She came up, wet snow and ice sticking to her exhausted face. Then she threw up, again, blood gushing from her mouth to splash bright red against the white snow, blood and a few wet chunks of something black. Inside it hurt. It hurt so bad. Good. So that that uh, that intro definitely sounded like a Red Bull Expo X Games commercial. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta say, when I first listened to Infected, uh, I didn't have the brought to you by Random House Audio, because this guy just said, you know what, people aren't giving me attention. I'm putting my books out. Screw it. And uh, as free audiobooks on uh, iTunes, and he got a couple hundred thousand people listen to his book. And uh, from there, Random House Audio picked him up. He's now a, a fully published author. And just a great way to, uh, to see that someone using the internet and the Put the ability. chronology together for me here. He, he wrote the book. Then he wrote read the it book. He, he, he read it himself. He, he, uh, I, that, I gathered him. he's read it himself. Yeah. Yep. He read it in episodes into iTunes. Put it in episodes into iTunes as a free podcast. Just one book. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if Infected was his first. But it was the first one I listened to. Okay. And uh, from there, he's got quite a few. He's built himself a. He still uh, puts them out for free on iTunes. Yeah, I get. I've, I've run across his podcast as before, episodes, yeah. okay. but they're all available now on uh, Audible and available as uh, actual books on Amazon. As we cruise through iTunes now and then, looking for other you know book podcasts to see what other people are doing, I always see uh, Scott Siegler's stuff. So this one's labeled as terror, as well. That's yeah. <laughs> A talented writer, but I think he ends up a little more cheesy, gory than Stephen King typically. Okay, well, he you know a, what? He did a book. He did a book about mutant cows that kill the world. Gotcha. That's pretty loopy. Besides, Steve, uh, Stephen King also did a book that uh, the pre- the basic premise is basically the uh, the the screenplay for the Simpsons movie. Never mind who came first, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It, it's all about how you execute the idea. Okay. Uh, you know, throw a dome over a city. That's the Simpsons movie. So then again, it doesn't matter what the, the premise of the book is. Hey, if you can make a great book about mutant cows take over the world, I'm all for it. I'm sorry. Mutant cows sounds actually fairly entertaining. <laughs> yeah. well, someone, you're, a, you're a killer tomatoes guy, aren't you, Greg? I'm a killer tomatoes guy. I do, I, you know me. I'm easily scared, so I don't watch horror. I don't read horror. I don't do, I don't do none so of you, that So you prefer stuff. it on the uh, comical yeah, side. Then, I don't even watch I don't it, even yeah. play scary video games. So that's a, a free podcast, folks. Free audiobook. Uh, there is no no salesman will call, as Harlan Zink said once on the podcast. Uh, it, it's free. Check it out. You can download one episode if you, you don't, don't like have it. To, you don't have to open up an account and give them your email address. Right, right. Oh, nice. You don't I'm have so to. Sick of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do that. And uh, check it out. It's free. Check out the first uh, episode or two if you like it. Enjoy the whole book for free. And if you really enjoy it. Go to Amazon or iTunes and download the book and give the guy a couple bucks, and he will be on the on the podcast soon. And uh, so, how is how is he doing this? Is this kind of like the uh, the recent humble bundle where you get to kind of like pay what you want? Or no, no. Uh, he he literally just put up a podcast. Like if we okay. wanted to right now on our Paul the Book guy stream, if Chris wrote a book, we could put it up in episodes and 
a lot of people just really enjoyed it and uh, decided to actually want want to buy a physical it's, copy. So, where's it. the revenue stream on this? Where's the revenue model? He's, he's people dead. people have gone on he's to buy the physical uh, uh, book. Same same he's as Adam Mansback with uh, go with the, go the fuck to sleep, where he put it out on the internet as a free PDF. So many millions of people enjoyed the PDF, especially parents who got the joke that they requested him to, to bring out the book. And he was number one on iTunes audiobooks for like four months. You know, he sold millions of this book. Uh, he can now very quietly and calmly say to his children, Adam Mansback can go the fuck to sleep. But they're in a four thousand dollar bed in a you know, three point seven million dollar mansion. Surrounded by golden fish tanks, I understand. Okay. Shark tanks. Uh, shark tanks, right. Well, you can have a golden fish tank, too. And the next podcast we are going to recommend is Nil Desperandum, which is hosted by Jim Phillips, who we have on the line. Hello, Jim. Good evening. Hi, Jim. This is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Jim. It's Greg. I almost can't hear your guys' name without... Hearing the jingle pop off in the back. Of I know. I'm still. Awesome. I'm starting a petition. My kids. Why? My kids want. A the, lot of uh, people stinger. want the jingles back. Yeah, yes. I want my singer. If not, I'm going to start singing it. So, Jim, you are the <laughs> the man behind Nil Desperandum, which is really one of the first podcasts that I, without the contact from Big C, uh, one of the podcasts that I already had on my iPhone was Nil Desperandum, a series of short stories uh, as read by various narrators. And uh, how did that come about? Well. Uh, First, let me say that's great to hear. Thank you. Uh, always glad to hear that somebody's out there listening. <laughs> We're listening. Um, I started Nil Desperandum, uh, what, back in 2010, after you know, doing some other, it's not my first podcast, so after doing some other stuff and you know, listening to uh, many podcasts and especially being a fan of uh, other p- fiction podcasts such as uh, Starship Sofa or oh, Starship, I love Sofa Starship Sofa and love the the various uh, escape artists uh, podcasts. I thought, you know, this sounds like fun. I want to do something like this and you know, kind of combine you know my love of uh, literature and good stories and podcasting and kind of roll all that together. And uh, No Desperandum is what I came up with. Now, uh, I have to say, you, you send me a short story to read, and uh, guys, Chris, Greg, I got to say, it's so much different than just sitting here and talking. Uh, like last night, I tried at 7 o'clock. I was going to stay after work and do my narration. And uh, in case you don't know, Jim, we're, we're at the top of Book Mountain. And uh, just yes. to, on the east side of Book Mountain, our neighbor is a ugly little ogre named Reginald. <laughs> and he makes magic <laughs> boxes for shipping. And... He decided he would start working. His workday would start at 7.05 p.m. <laughs> Reggie's just an odd duck. I, Reggie's glad, a cool guy. I hope but he hears this one day. He started working at bizarre. 7.05, and all I heard was tow motors going and cr- you know, crashes and slams. And it, It's different from here. Like if, we, if we have a, a train go by, we just say, that's yeah, the train of Book Mountain. We keep going on the podcast. But for a narration, it was like, ah, I can't do it tonight. <laughs> Crap. It's really it's, hard. It's... it's yeah, narr- narrating for uh, you know for a short story for a podcast, or you know, all the way up to you know, doing an audiobook narration is a completely different experience from anything else. It's and it's 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 interesting because all all of uh, my narrators, I do all the uh, final editing, so yes. you know, all the blips and bloopers and oh, damn, let me do that again. You know, it was all left in, and um, you know, so, some people get a pretty clean read 
you know, a few blips here and there that need to be edited. And it has to be a performance. Some people just have a heck of a time with it. It, 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 it you is. Know, and that's when I realized it, it is a performance, Chris. It's like exactly like you said. And that's why, um, you know, the, the big guys, Audible and uh, all the other companies that do the audiobooks, will choose always actors, former actors or current actors or out-of-work actors or really great actors like, you know, Samuel Jackson or... Uh, it's it's a performance, absolutely. And sometimes I, I didn't pre-read the short story until I started narrating. And I decided I got to pre-read it. <laughs> really well, do. We had uh, uh, our, our guest last week, um, uh, Ghost of Neil Diamond. David Milnes, yes. Uh, he's he's was talking about how uh, books are character driven, um, and when we talk about books, we talk about the characters. Oh, absolutely. So when you're doing an audio podcast, you have to give life to the character. And, and the character has to be memorable. That, that, so that's why guys like Samuel thank you Jackson, for saying that because that's one like of the Chris things. Walken. As I was rereading uh, reading this story, trying to do last night for for Neil Desprandum, I saw that all those character names. There's an old lady in the story, and I was I found myself just sitting there and I go, you know what, you know what, Reginald's making all this noise next door. I can't record tonight, but let me practice my old lady voice. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, it's quite a performance thing. And uh, how do you how do you get all your uh, narrators for the for the podcast? Uh, I beg a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to get, yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's about it. Um, you know that. Well, I feel honored kind of now, in, Jim. Thanks. Putting out to the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I just kind of put out to the uh, community of listeners to you know my other podcasts and to the you know the other Bear Calling Nation podcasts and you know, other people that I know that are involved in podcasting and. You know, one way or another, and say, you know, please, 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 can you read some stories for me? And uh, you know, the, some where does the, uh, you know, where some does the people, material come from? You know, like like yourself, Paul, will jump right in and you know go for it. And you know, some people it takes a little longer. And uh, the um, I think the quickest that somewhat that someone other than myself as a narrator has gotten one done is about a month. Right, and the uh, the the longest uh, is I have two that have been uh, out for about a year and a half now, and still aren't done. So. They better be good. <laughs> where uh, where does the material come from, Jim? Well, some of some of our stories I do I, I do some you know classic public domain short stories. Um, done work from uh, Ambrose Bierce and Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Got one from uh, Jack London coming up, and another Ambrose Bierce piece. Uh, but the bulk of it is all uh, new fiction. Uh, we actively submit and uh, buy stories from authors. That's what I uh, noticed. So Neil Desperant catalog. So I didn't. Uh, if you go search, a lot. if you go search some of the, uh, uh, you know, the market listings, you'll find you know Neil, Neil Desperandum in there, you know, looking for uh, short stories and paying for them. Now, now, Jim, we have a lot of uh, authors listening to the show, and uh, we've actually interacted with a lot of them. Uh, is there somewhere that uh, all these aspiring and current authors can go to submit a short story? Uh, yes, I would uh, direct everyone, uh, anyone who wants to listen or to submit, uh, to www.ndstories.com. And you will find a link uh, towards the top left corner of the page, uh, Submission Guidelines. And if you read through that, it gives you all the details about what we're looking for and uh, how to submit it to us, how to uh, get it into the slush pile, and what happens from there. 
Brilliant. And uh, just like our last podcast we were talking about, which was free, uh, much like Nildis Brandon was uh, uh, The Infected Book by Scott Sigler. Uh, folks, no uh, no salesman will call. Absolutely free podcast. Nildis Brandon, if you want to hear short stories, they're about 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, fantastic. Nildis Brandon. We'll put a link in the show notes. The, the only price for listening is that you have to listen to me beg for your money sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we do that here too sometimes. It's called our Think Geek <laughs> item of the week. That's coming up soon. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jim. Uh, can you tell us about some of your pod- other podcasts? Uh, I have a uh, podcast uh, called Dreams of a Sailor, uh, which is somewhere between a diary and a travelogue uh, from some time spent uh, sailing and living in the Caribbean on a sailboat. Uh, And then I have uh, another podcast, uh, The World Traveler Gym Show and Small Places, which is uh, a combination of me rambling off on some various various topics here and there, uh, as well as some um, video travelogues of some sites around the world. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, Jim. Uh, we're going to play a small, a small clip from uh, Nildis Parandum to end this out, and uh, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks for Jim. coming on. Our third piece is Counterculture by Elizabeth Creeth. Mrs. Creeth has a children's book, Eric the Viking Sheep, which was published by Scholastic Canada. And for 10 years, she has written humor and commentary for CBC Radio. She has had stories published or accepted by The Linnet's Wings, New Myths, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Silver Blades, and Thema. Her flash piece, Companion Animal, placed 12th in the Writers' Union of Canada 2008 Postcard Fiction Contest. Our narrator is Charlene Huang-Roberts, co-host of the Gag the Manager podcast. Counterculture by Elizabeth Creeth. My mother counted things. It wasn't that she always knew exactly how many towels or pillowcases she had, how many in the wash, in use, or still in the linen cupboard. Those were things she kept to herself. She played number games with her knitting. I'd hear her sometimes when she didn't know I was listening. One sixty-fourth, she'd say. One thirty-second, three sixty-fourths, one sixteenth and so on. A string of numbers that made no sense to me then. And then on the next row, she'd start over. She counted things in public, too. For example, if we went to a restaurant, she counted the tables, calculated the number of people that place would seat. Then she would figure out the percentage of seats that were filled, or the percentage that the five of us filled. When my brother was still a baby, and a waitress had to bring out a high chair for him, she had to recalculate. After she could sit in a normal chair, she never did. Now, she wasn't obnoxious about it. She didn't stand in the entrance and shout, 53 people! This restaurant holds 53 people! She didn't even say to the waiter or waitress, You are currently serving 9.4% of the capacity of this restaurant and 38% of the present customers. She'd simply pause for a few seconds in the doorway, glance around as though looking for a table she'd like, and then murmur, 53. A few seconds later, she would have the percentage figures, saying them almost under her breath. Even when I couldn't hear her, I knew she said it, because of how Dad turned his head and glanced away. 
I knew it bothered him, although I never understood why. I thought it was just one of those things, like men watch baseball, women count things. I thought it was normal. That's why it surprised me that the day after mom's funeral, my sister said, did you know mom counted things like windows and buildings and tables and restaurants? How weird was that? So I didn't tell her, after all, that there had been 134 people at the church and that 86% of them had come to the cemetery. And when I take out my knitting, I play the lowest common denominator game quietly in my head. Hi, I'm John Barnes, and I've published 29 books since 1987. If you were thinking of starting to read my work, some people especially like my early novels, Orbital Resonance and A Million Open Doors. My best-selling book has been Mother of Storms. The one that has disturbed the most people seems to be Kaleidoscope Century. I get a lot of mail about Gaudiamus and one for the morning glory, which some people consider my strangest. But whichever you choose to read, the guy who will help you find the good stuff is the logically named Paul the Book Guy, who you are listening to right now. So, Charles, anything you've read lately that we should uh, recommend to the constant listeners and readers? Absolutely. It was the first interaction I had with Paul the Book Guy website. I went and recommended you read these series of books. And then two shows later, you said, I think, uh, some other podcast you listen to is always talking about it. Favorite book is the Ayn Rand of this generation. It really is. Ayn Rand, however you want to say it. It's called Demon or Damon, D-A-E-M-O-N, off the computer, Damon, that yes. does uh, read scripts. Fiction. 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 Suarez. Oh, amazing. I keep wanting him to write more books because he did a sequel, follow-up with that. Actually, it's one whole story in two books. It's not really a sequel. I think he had so much to write, it had to go into two novels. And Freedom TM, TM being the trademark, Freedom TM is the second one. It will change your view of the world. It's a fiction book. It is amazing. I can't talk about it enough. You've got to go to your local library and check it out for free. I think we were fortunate enough to have uh, Adam Curry recommend that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Wasn't we, that we like actually, episode two or episode three? We were recommending the uh, the big book show by Adam Curry, which I love on the on the uh, iPod, iPhone, iPad. Uh, he it, it's a it's a podcast video, but it's, it's an app. And you kind of yeah. you kind of hold your phone the way you normally do, like when you're talking on it. And he orients the video that way. And he actually uh, interviewed uh, Daniel Suarez at one point. And uh, yeah, that's where I got that pick from. And uh, well, yeah, we'll bring it to the table soon. Brilliant. Oh, that's, that's been recommended by people. I, you know, if you listen to uh, Leo Laporte, Leo Laporte has uh, recommended that, and so has Tom Merritt. Brilliant. Yeah. So maybe we should uh, bring that to the table. I don't want to throw down my magic coin and make you guys read it, but. Uh, you might want to bring that to the I table. I told you, unless it has electrical code in it right now, I'm not reading it. <laughs> Charles, give me, a, give me a basic breakdown of the plot. Uh, or, or, well, let me start with this. Are you familiar with Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged? I, re- oh. I refuse to read Atlas <laughs> Shrugged. I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, well, everybody in politics now is quoting it. It's all about capitalism. It's all about you know, freedom. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, but that was written, I don't know, however long ago. And it's all the, you know, unfortunately, all the, it's in the Old 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Which is inaccurate. The idea of, of Damon and Freedom TM, it starts off with a, an eccentric billionaire dies. And upon his death, these press releases are automatically released. And essentially, this Damon, or they keep calling it Demon, it's, 
I grew up old school, so call it demon. So this demon, computer demon, releases different viruses in the world. It starts taking over different computer systems and it starts shutting down big, overmassed. Um, not, it's not like shutting down corporations. It's not like hacking, shutting down corporations, but it's this spy thriller, kind of what's going on. Everybody's trying to figure out. Computers are kind of taking over the world, but it's, it's isolating everybody from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's kind of a World of Warcraft thing to this, like a, a game that everyone's playing. Yeah, there's a game that people are playing. And it's kind of a test for, to recruit people. And so you're seeing both sides. You're seeing what you think is the bad guy side, and you're seeing the good guy side. You're, you're following the demon and what it's doing. Because the demon's not a demon, not like spiritual. I, I understand. Right. Yeah. Program. And it's, it's really just a page turner. I mean, you will burn up the book reading it. It's, it's amazing. I, I listened to it on audiobook from mm-hmm. audible.com, and it's 12 hours per book. It's it's just that wow. long, okay. but it's just you can't wait to hear the what happens next. And the thing is, it's about this generation, our generation, right? Of how we would adapt, and they start adding, you know, implementing computers into their own lives, like uh, HUD glasses that this eccentric billionaire's demon invented. And it's it's all about community and how the world could truly change in a bloodless anarchy, and how the government would respond and. It's a, or a bloodless revolution, I guess, is more a way to do it. Right, right. It's how to build. Oh, it, it just, it really, I, I read that and I was like, this is my, my new Bible, if you will. I mean, this is how to change our society today. And it's fiction, but it, it could easily be done. It, it's not that far off from what we could actually do without killing people. And, okay, and, okay, good. That's, that's oh. a great recommend. You know what? I'm, I'm in. Brilliant recommend. Thanks. You're welcome. And when you get to the last page of the first book, you're like, what? This kid. What? This is not the end of the book, and it's not. Holy it's smokes, the, down to the last page. That's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, was it clearly marked as a uh, first part of a two-part thing? Because I hate when books end like that on a cliffhanger or mid-sentence, and, and you don't didn't know when you bought the actual book, because, you know, the book guy sometimes buys actual books. And mm-hmm. if they're not marked clearly in the front, part one of three, I hate that when I finish a book, and it's like, and then Jim said, and it ends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Was it clearly marked as a, a one of a two part? I don't know. I was I was sent to listen to it, so I got it, and I didn't pay attention. I was told get demon. I got demon. And I listened to it, and it got to the end. And I went and grabbed the person by their collars. You know, mostly in fun. I was like, "What the <laughs> hell did you do to me? Where's the second book?" Cause I was afraid it was. They just published this one. It's going to be a year out before the next one game, but it wasn't. Uh, Freedom TM had already been published. Because no, 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 no. You can let me go now. You can go get Freedom TM and. You're all good. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but you do have to get two huge books, and, and it'll take you a year on the toilet or a week in the bed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Penguin Audio presents Demon by Daniel Suarez. Read by Jeff Gurner with Garrett Scott. D A E M O N. Demon. Noun. A computer program that runs continuously in the background and performs specified operations at predefined times or in response to certain events. Condensed from Disk and Execution Monitor. Part 1. Chapter 1. Execution. Reuters.com Business. 
Matthew A. Sobel, Ph.D., co-founder and chief technology officer of Cyberstorm Entertainment, HSTM NASDAQ, died today at age 34 after a prolonged battle with brain cancer. A pioneer in the $40 billion computer game industry, Sobel was the architect of Cyberstorm's best-selling online games Over the Rhine and The Gate. Cyberstorm CEO Kenneth Kivalt describes Sobel as a tireless innovator and a rare intellect. What the hell just happened? That was all Joseph Pavlos kept thinking as he clenched a gloved hand against his throat. It didn't stop the blood from pulsing between his fingers. Already a shockingly wide pool had formed in the dirt next to his face. He was on the ground somehow. Although he couldn't see the gash, the pain told him the wound was deep. He rolled onto his back and stared up at a stretch of spotless blue sky. His usually methodical mind sped frantically through the possibilities, like someone groping for an exit in a smoke-filled building. He had to do something, anything, but what? The phrase, What the hell just happened? kept echoing in his head uselessly, while blood kept spurting between his fingers. Adrenaline surged through his system, his heart beating faster. He tried to call out. No good. Blood squirted several inches into the air and sprinkled his face. Carotid artery. He was pressing on his neck so hard he was almost strangling himself. And he'd been feeling so good just moments before this. He remembered that much, at least. His last debts repaid at long last. He was getting calmer now. Which was strange. He kept trying to remember what he'd been doing, what brought him here to this place. It seemed so unimportant now. His hand began to relax its hold. He could see plainly that there was no emergency, because there was no logical scenario by which he would emerge from this alive. And after all, it was his unequaled talent for logic that had brought Pavlos so far in life, had brought him halfway around the world. This was it. He'd already done everything he would ever do. His peripheral vision began to constrict, and he felt like an observer. He was calm now. And it was in that cold, detached state that he realized Matthew Sobel had died. That's what the news said. And then it all made sense to him. Sobel's game finally made sense. It was beautiful, really. Clever men. Paul the Book Guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. And coming up next is... Book News. Lads, I have a little bit of book news. W.H. Smith claims to have launched the Kindle Killer. Kindle's not even... Kindle Killer, my friend. Kid's going to kill the Kindles. Kindle's not even done, started yet. And I have to say right now, it is a proven... Not Kindle Killer, but that's fine. At least they have an ebook reader. It's the Kobo. The Kobo Corporation has uh, signed, inked a deal with the American uh, United States company, W.H. Smith, which so far has not entered the ebook market or e- uh, ebook Kobo reader has market. Not entered in the States yet. It is today. It is as today. as yes. of today, as of breaking today. news. W.H. Smith is in the States. I thought W.H. Uh, Smith was a UK company. W.H. Smith is a UK company. They also have some outlets in the States. Absolutely. 
Greg, you were telling me about the origin of the Kindle earlier. Uh, Kobo. Refresh me. Sorry, the Kobo. The origin of the Kobo, uh, Kobo Incorporated is a Toronto-based company. And they, they the, built the original. They, they worked, yeah, they, they sold the original Kobos to Chapters. And then Indigo Books, who also owns Chapters, uh, purchased into the company. They own, now own 58% of the Kobo, uh, Kobo Incorporated. And so that, it's Kobo Incorporated... That makes the Kobos. It makes the Kobos. Okay. Who's done the deal with W.H. Smith? Uh, Kobo Incorporated. Kobo Incorporated, okay. Yeah. So what are they, what are they offering, Paul? Uh, they're they're off- offering the exact same Kobo device that uh, Chapters is using. Right. For W.H. Smith. That's basically it. Okay. So it's a DRM. Uh, basically, just uh, change the names, change the algorithm, and there it is. It's for W.H. Smith. Now and I noticed that you have. Yeah, you guys saw you me. Today. You guys saw me walk in last week. Saw you walk in. Are we uh, done with the Kobo? Because I was just going to. My opinion on this is it's it's great, but it's not it's not a Kindle killer. You've it's established not a Kindle killer. I, you know the Kobo is a nice little device, but it's not. It doesn't have the content. It doesn't have the. It's just not. Okay. It's not Amazon. It's not Amazon. That's that's what? the truth right there. Why is it an established non-Kindle killer? Uh, because Chapters has had a Kobo for, what, two years now? At least. And it has not killed Kindle. <laughs> so if but this this thing coming out now, Kobo. today, is a Kindle killer, and there's already one out in the market, exact same device, and it has not killed Kindle, that's an established non-Kindle killer, I it, think. It could, be, it could have a comfortable little niche. I think, it's, I think Kobo's done well in Canada. It could Canada. be Kindle Annoyer. Kindle's done very sorry. Kobo, I keep getting Kobo. these mixed up. Kobo's Kobo done very done, well in Canada. Yeah, because we go to chapters as a reader. Okay, as but a book the, reader we, using a strong word like kill. Yeah, yeah I know. that's we're what just, I'm disagreeing with. The iPhone and the iPad are yeah. Zoom killers. It's, it's is there a Zoom? Can you buy a Zoom now? No, they actually stopped it's making de- it. Is it dead? Yes, it's dead. They then the iPad this. and the iPhone are Zoom killers. So until until something actually kills something, you can't be a killer. That's what I'm saying. But you make a good point there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're taking one percent of a the nine, you know, the hundred percent market, you're not a killer of anything. That's all I'm saying. But what do you have there? Kindle I see 30. this device. So, yeah, so last last week I walked in with this uh, Barnes and Noble uh, book nook. Uh, nook. Since oh, it's a little that, it's a little if I nookie. if I steal it from you, if I steal it from you right now, yes, I'm a Barnes and Noble book nook crook. Book Nook Crook. Oh, oh, I'm gonna be working for the next half hour trying to get another. <laughs> you need bleach for your brain for that pun. No. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so since uh, last week, I've had this. Um, the the thing with this device is it, it was uh, distributed by Barnes and Noble as a book reader, and it had limited access to a Barnes and Noble market. Um, it had Wi-Fi uh, capability. Uh, it had a capacitive touch color screen. It had you know better screen resolution than an iPad. Uh, it had 500 megabytes of RAM and it had a uh, you know one gigabyte uh, processor, an so SD card, right? And an S- an expandable so SD. So pretty decent hardware. So really? it was it and was a pretty hopped package. up little machine, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the yeah, the bright minds out there, I can't count myself one of them. Um, hacked this thing open and now I can install uh, an Android, a full Android operating system. Now, which flavor of dessert is this one? Uh, I'm running Cyogen uh, Mod 7, which is, from what I understand, pretty much the most popular. Cyanogen, sorry. Cyanogen, that's not honeycomb. So this is still basically a uh, a um, phone-style operating system that's been modified to look more like a tablet. Uh, The trouble with a honeycomb, we're really geeking out here now, the trouble with a honeycomb is there's not really much that's been developed for honeycomb yet. So anything that's going to come out of the, uh, the Android market is going to function best on the gingerbread style 
stuff that okay. I've got on this tablet. So I picked it up because, first of all, uh, Book Mountain, man, we got to shuffle through the books, and I could haul around, you know, a, uh, a small donkey cart with books on it. Well, I, I saw or, your donkey, and, and when your donkey died, have, that's when a, you said, it, I have a I'm very, getting my I tablet. I have a very attractive burro. But, <laughs> burro. <laughs> but I have since, uh, you know, picked up this. It's uh, very attractive in the. <laughs> so it's, it's, I've got an expandable SD card slot now, so I don't longer need the burro to uh, to cart my books around. And but it also has uh, you know several browsers that I've been fooling around with, and uh, I've got like a Dolphin HD browser on the thing, which emulates an iPad okay. uh, quite nicely. Nice. Oh yeah, you know I can check email on it. Uh, it plays games very well. Uh, you know I've picked up uh, Angry Birds again. Um, Sweet. The uh, it's touch capacitive. You know in the exact same manufacturing style as the uh, as the iPad. So I'm a fan. This thing is really working for me. Sweet. As you can see, everybody. I mean, usually we show up here and sit around with with laptops in front of us so we can tap away and you know check things. And out. you're doing just fine on And I'm doing it with the tablet today. So this is also lightening my load uh, coming in up, up to Book Mountain. Brilliant. Each week. I'm hoping now, it'll stay that way. You know, you know, Google for Android has put out a, a text reader that will, you know, convert it for you. So if you were to use that on your book, would you now be an audiobook listener? Oh, wow, that's oh, interesting. There you go. I could try that. But speaking of uh, podcasting uh, and listening to I, this, there's a very good uh, podcast aggregator that I'm using right now from the uh, App Store. Okay. And um, you know I've got uh, my Paul the Book Guy feed on it, among uh, a few other uh, podcasts that I've Are there any to. other new podcasts that you might have in that feed? Well, I, I've I've got a couple of podcasts in the feed, but I don't know if there's anything that uh, we could discuss that's, that's not really book related. <laughs> okay. If if after you took his nook, if I were to okay, grab we're go you for and another shake <laughs> you, another then I would joke. have then I would have shook the book nook crook. Yes. What the hell is going on? Uh, I wish I had a gunshot sound effect and a buyaka buyaka. That was yes. You would have shook <laughs> the right, book nook crook. That's my contribution. Charles, home. Charles, take your time. You know, find something. Get out the get out the uh, dictionary. Rhyme something, and you know, just build it, and then come back in about twenty minutes, ten minutes, and, and give us yours. It can be <laughs> out of context. We can be doing, doing a whole different oh, yeah. segment. Then. We, we could do this for weeks. I think if <laughs> books on film and television. What do we got, Greg? Books on film and television. Books on film and television. First, by off. the way, I noticed your post on the site. Welcome back. Thank you. I missed your posts, man. Uh, I had some time. It's a lot of heavy lifting when you're not around. I gotta like read about Brad Pitt and stuff. And ah, that's your, <laughs> that's what you are do. Are you taking cheap shots at Greg? <laughs> no, I, like I had to like actually read about this stuff. Greg, right. Greg is good at this. I'm I'm slow. I, I am very interested in it. They're just uh, like I said, uh, and I think this is the last time I'm going to apologize to the listeners. I am uh, changing careers, so I'm in school right now, and I got to take it seriously. So, uh, if it doesn't uh, involve electrical code of the uh, province of Ontario, I have uh, <laughs> I've got to put it in the back burner. But uh, something we discussed last week, the memoir of or the biography of Steve Jobs. Yes. Um, Sony is rumored to be bringing that to film. They're rumored to be in negotiations to pick that up and bring oh, it. Oh, are they going to change all the iPads to like Sony readers? It doesn't it? Uh, doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. And and weren't we talking last week about Sony epic fail online? They were having problems with yes. Pottermore. Pottermore. Yes. yes. And they got hacked again. Yep. Again. Again. again? 90,000 accounts got shut oh, down on Jesus. Monday night. Because they get hacked. You know what? Don't piss off anonymous. Basically, this is exactly what I'm. This is what I said when. I, hey, they dropped the ball on shutting down uh, the New York Stock Exchange. 
They did. They did on the well, tenth. That's, that's a different show, though. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> show. That different later. show. But, different okay, show. Right. I, I have heard about the Sony thing, and this isn't a, entirely their fault. There was a pretty decent uh, review of what exactly happened. If you listen to Tech News today with Tom Merritt, um, it's not entirely Sony's fault. But again, it just shows their vulnerability that sometimes they're. <laughs> It's just not the best partner, if you, especially if you want to est- establish a brand new method of distributing right. content. Yeah. Books on film. Books on <laughs> <laughs> We never did get it. Books on film. You know what? That's awesome. I'm going to like email that audio clip to Jeff Smith. If you can do that, the Duran Duran books on film jingle. All right. Yes. So we've got uh, Aaron Eckhart is talking about I, Frankenstein. <gasps> and you had some news about this. Yeah, I read it today at SuperheroHype.com. I'm a huge comic fan. I read comics. Y'all were mocking. Uh, uh, actually, Chris, you were specifically mocking Greg and Paul. Actually, Paul, I think you were mocking Paul a couple of episodes back. I love to my comic books and jingles. And yes, yes, uh, I was. <laughs> no, that's impossible. That's not this show. But I, I read just graphic novels like crazy, follow the hype. And and I, Frankenstein, is an original graphic novel. As uh, They interviewed... A superhero hype interviewed uh, Aaron Eckhart for I, Frankenstein. Somebody says, this is a quote, somebody says, do you want to play Frankenstein? And I was like, well, I haven't thought about it. Then I read the script, and whenever you read a script, you do what you do. You start feeling yourself in the character. All of a sudden, your juices start flowing. That's how you should do a movie. Now, I'm going to be Frankenstein, and I'm kind of worried about it, actually. I've got to go and figure out how the hell I'm going to play Frankenstein. And he's a little off, because he's not Dr. Frankenstein. He's actually going to be the creature. And then... Superhero Hype follows up here. It's going to begin filming in Australia in January. It tells a modern-day tale of Dr. Frankenstein's creature, Adam. So that's the part that uh, okay. I believe is going to play, is Adam. Mm-hmm. Centuries after his quote-unquote birth, has found himself in a gothic city, caught up in a war between two immortal clans. And then Eckhart says he's doing his research by actually reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and he realizes that all the crap that he knows about Frankenstein is from the movies, and it's not real, and he's going back to the source of the material and and actually is going to play the character from Shelley's perspective. Nice. All right. It seems interesting. I mean, this is still one of two productions that uh, that are scheduled for the Frankenstein franchise. Yes. We, we have done the other one is uh, headed by Guillermo del Toro. We were talking about Guillermo del Toro earlier today. Something about donkey balls, but <laughs> <laughs> keep him away from my burro is all I got. Keep say. him away from his burro. <laughs> I, uh, I don't understand how he's still making movies. Vanilla Sky was weird. I liked Hellboy, but I liked his style work for Hellboy. But then he, he, um, I don't remember the name of the movie. But Pan's Labyrinth. Movie. It's not books. Never mind. I'm sorry. Was it Pan's Labyrinth? Yes, Pan's Labyrinth. I, I didn't Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Pan's Labyrinth. You're oh. you're you're upset with? Are you panning Pan's Labyrinth? Did, have you seen it? I have seen it. Uh, I have not. The I thought visuals it was, are beautiful. The oh, man's got a, a yes. knife visuals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a Tim Burton-esque kind of feel he can give to anything that he that he works on. Or yeah, in, but well, in his own style, of course. But he's got a very distinctive style, as does Tim Burton. You can feel it right away when you see it. Yes. I, I liked his work with Hellboy very much. Both movies. Yeah, I liked Hellboy. Both. Uh, and I like Pan's Labyrinth a whole lot. So I I'd especially be, like the casting, too. I'd be willing to see um, what he does with Frankenstein, personally. It's going to be interesting to see which one comes out, which one's going to be more successful. I just dread this. Which one's, uh, you know, like they just, you know, there's a brand new Three Musketeers in the in the theaters, you know, that yes. sucks. Right, right. Well, we discuss again. So don't I make, don't want to see, you know, a Frankenstein in the theaters that sucks. Right. So, 
we do, anyway, that's just my pet peeve. Yeah, there's so, so my, many on video now that uh, yeah. there's no sense going to the theater and watching a bad one. Don't make my Frankenstein steampunky too. <laughs> <laughs> now we found Greg's pet peeve. Well, I said that with the Three yes. Musketeers. Yes, yes, and that's one did. of the reasons why I stayed yes. away from the last uh, Sherlock Holmes. See, oh, no, this is oh, we, we're going to rehash something but here. They, but, but, but that was not steampunky, the last Sherlock Holmes. Well, the one with Jude Law and, and Robert Downey Jr.? It, what? It, okay. The steampunk. trailers made it look steampunky. Okay. And if that's that. what you're going to present to me, that's what I'm going to base my decision on. Okay. That's how I'm making my purchases. That's where I'm spending my dollars, based on your trailer. Right. Okay. They might have promoted the steampunky thing in the, uh, but it was, I mean, it was Guy Ritchie directed, you know, and, and it was like, it was like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, except it was in Old England. It was awesome. And how do, how do you go wrong know. with Guy Ritchie? How can you go? Well, you can go wrong with Guy Ritchie, unfortunately. <laughs> that stupid movie that he made with his wife, Madonna, at the time. Oh, well, that's going wrong with Madonna. That's, 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 that's like, that honey, we got to make a movie. Still, can you, can we, we have to hold him accountable. Me? We have to hold him accountable. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is going to be Loki again. He's going to be in both The Avengers and in... Thor 2. We saw him in that Avengers trailer you posted on the site. Thank you very much. That was my other thing. A little glimpse of Loki there. Yes. So we've got... And that's my other news. Avengers movie trailer on the site. It's it's total geek nerddom. It's the first... (laughs) Still on the front page of uh, paulthebookguy.com. People on my Facebook just were shouting expellatives like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. This is a really good trailer. Yes, it is. Did you see it, uh, Bixie? Oh yeah, I'm all, mentally I'm already in line. I'm already in line. Yeah. I'm there with you, man. I got that. I got a tent. So this is the first time we got to see I'm uh, pitching a tent for Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> what type of tent? Uh, oh, not ta- that. Not that. Type don't worry, track pants right. the studio, Paul. <laughs> so this is the first time we get to see um, Mark Ruffalo as as the Hulk. Yes, yes. So, so that's the first, the first scene, time. Yeah. That, that, now they, they've had other bits of uh, media on on their site and then they've released little tidbits but this is the first time we've seen that and uh, we also see a little bit of the dynamic between Tony Stark and uh, Captain America and I, I kind of get a kick out of what Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark says to him he says what, what are you without the mask he says I don't know genius philanthropist, yeah, philanthropist. playboy <laughs> billionaire <laughs> that's all so I like the line he gives to Bruce Banner. He's like, I'm a fan of your work, and I'm a fan of how you lose control and turn into a big green monster and ravage the whole city. <laughs> and he just turns and walks away. Awesome. He's so snarky. I love it. You hear the music. You know what it means. Wow, okay. Big C, thanks for showing up. You're welcome, sir. I enjoyed it. Chris, Greg, constant readers, constant listeners. Nice to have you, Charles. It was nice to have a, a new host. Yeah. I hope we didn't step all over your toes. Sometimes we just, without you in the studio, sometimes just... Now, now Charles, here's the trivia question. Do you know when we'll be back? You'll be back next week. Same book time. Same book channel. <laughs> Bye, everybody. On the BearCrawlingNation.com. muchacho que, que viene sobre un burro y trae unos, unos libros. Hola, buenas tardes. ¿Cómo han pasado? Bien.